0: And now we bring you Mary from Michigan Saves the World, the story of one young woman's search for truth in a life of peril, fortune, and fate. What did Zip O'Neill, security guard at the storage facility where Ella Fontaine left her worldly belongings, mean when he said Ella was always talking about the end of the world? And why had Ella painted her ceiling with the mysterious design found on the tapestry recently discovered by Hubert Barker, curator at the Detroit Museum of Art? Hoping to discover the truth, Mary, along with the loyal Scott Dascombe and the charming John Cowan, pay a midnight visit to Mr. Barker at his beautiful Detroit mansion in the heart of historic Indian village. Though the hour is late, Mr. Barker invites Mary and her friends into the house, where now, in Mr. Barker's well-appointed study, we hear Mary say,
1: Mr. Barker, uh, Hubert, maybe you know why we're here.
0: Yes, Mary, you're here to
2: ask about the tapestry. Yes. Because you want to know what's going on.
1: People are already getting hurt and dying.
2: Yes. And someone locked you and your friend John in our nice little nitrogen chamber, didn't they, Mary? Yes, they did. Someone who intended to do you harm.
1: That's right. And and you know who it was, don't you?
2: Well, of course I do, Mary. It was me. <gasps> oh, no. Mary, come on. Let's go. Oh,
1: Mr. Barker, please. Listen, we don't mean you any harm.
2: Calm, friends. You're perfectly safe. What? I promise. Sit down. Please.
1: You locked us in the nitrogen chamber. But why?
2: He... He thought you were Julia. Very good, my young friend. Exactly so. Because he saw you somehow. Yes, I did. Naturally, we have cameras in the nitrogen chamber, Mary. Once I finished speaking to this charming young man, I returned to my desk and saw that the motion-sensing cameras had been triggered. And there you are. And your other fine friend.
1: But... Why did you think I was Julia?
2: You don't remember telling me about her.
1: Uh, I might have mentioned her.
2: You more than mentioned her. In a way I could tell, drew sorrow up through a taproot from the deepest part of your soul. I'm a historian, Mary. I tend to remember such things. And when a young woman bearing a remarkable resemblance to Mary Marshall appeared in my office only a few days ago, I remembered. Because although this woman looked so very much like the Mary I knew... She was plainly an entirely different person. Oh. A person driven by anger and fear and revenge.
1: But, Mr. Barker...
2: And when that young woman seemed to appear in a nitrogen chamber, examining that precious item, that ancient tapestry, well, of course I assumed it was this Julia having returned. So you locked us in? A temporary measure, or so I hoped. And now, here you are, safe and sound. Not
1: exactly. Not exactly.
0: I need to lie down somewhere. Me too.
2: Please, friends, there are rooms prepared upstairs. Yep. Okay, I'm crashing.
1: Go ahead, guys. It's fine. I'll be fine. You're sure? Yeah, go ahead.
2: Top of the stairs to the left. Thanks. Yeah, thank you. Uh, Mary, just yell if you need anything. Okay. Good night. Good night. Good night. You do look rather weary, Mary.
1: It's been a long day.
2: You find yourself in the middle of something very strange.
1: That's an understatement.
2: Forgive me. I'm just now becoming used to it myself. It took me some time to get accustomed and... Of course, I don't understand much of it yet either. What I've been able to piece together so far isn't very coherent, I'm afraid.
1: It's all about the tapestry?
2: Hmm. As far as I can tell... The tapestry is only a component of a larger story whose boundaries, well... As I say, I'm still rather new at this, too. The tapestry is... Is
1: it as old as you say?
2: It's quite old, yes.
1: Where did it come from?
2: That part, I believe I'm obliged to keep to myself at the moment, but... Well, I can say that in some ways this is an avenue I've been pursuing for many years. My entire career, in a certain sense. The quilts. Yes, the quilts, of course. Uh, and the stories they tell.
1: You have a quilt. A blue and silver one. I do. In the museum. That's right. Scotty mentioned that you'd showed it to him. It's blue and silver, too, like the tapestry.
2: Yes, i like to keep that one on display. In the hopes that it might act as a sort of invitation.
1: An invitation to who?
2: To anyone who might know more than I did. To come find me. Which very plainly they have now done, like it or not.
1: The tapestry you have. Does it show a solar system? It does, doesn't it?
2: There are various interpretations one can make, of course.
1: You think it's something strange? I do. Well, what do you think it is?
2: One of my areas of expertise, Mary, as just possibly you remember, is the construction of narrative through artifactual remains. Objects can speak as eloquently as any text if we understand the language being spoken. Historians have worked with the mute and insistent objects in their cabinets for centuries. For me, the narrative I've been working to rebuild is the tale of many of my own ancestors and, and people like them. People whose stories can often be discovered in the household objects they were able to hold on to against all odds. Objects they cherished and handed down along with the meanings they housed. Cabinets and crockery harnesses and horseshoes and hammers and quilts quilts most particularly quilts whose dailiness whose very quotidian plainness made them the perfect medium through which to transmit information that might otherwise be lost and so from a nameless group of women whose bodies were often battered and bartered and whose souls were deemed suspect there nevertheless has risen up a story the story of who came to visit who had a child and who buried one? Where in a series of travels a, a family settled? What crops were grown? What seasons passed? What luck, what loss? Deaths and lives? The whole world is seen from where one woman stood, where all women stood. I remember. And all along, Mary, something, something I have told very few people, and emerging since that along with everything else, I was also seeing shards of something larger. A story hinted at. Caught in glimpses, fragments, something even the tellers had almost forgotten.
1: And you know what it is?
2: I know it's a very old story. The fragments are too widespread. The, The clues are too diffusely propagated for it to be anything other than quite ancient indeed. But what remember the stories the quilts tell of demons, Mary? Well, it's not just... Oh.
1: It's not just what, Mr. Barker?
2: One moment. I'm... I'm expecting a call. It's... Hello? What? Now? Well, I... You know it's very late. I... Well, yes. Just a moment. I'll be out shortly.
1: What is it? What's wrong?
2: There's someone I need to see right now, and, and they're right outside. Now? Yes. Rather busy evening for me, isn't it? But, Mary, don't worry. I'll be right back. Just stay inside, and, and stay out of sight, and no matter what you do, don't answer the door. <coughs>
0: You won't want to miss the next chapter in Mary from Michigan Saves the World at this same time tomorrow, when you'll hear Mary say...
1: Mr. Barker? Mr. Barker? Oh, who... who is that?
0: That's tomorrow on Mary from Michigan Saves the World.